0: we're going to be looking here today at the theme of victory what what does it mean what does victory mean for someone of the christian faith someone following jesus we sometimes talk about victory there's an old old hymn we used to sing not so much these days oh victory in jesus so what does it mean in what way is victory as a christian similar to that that other people in this world might think of it and in what way is it different victory is important we not so long ago had uh, um, the anniversary of ve day victory in europe day all those years ago it was a big deal Um, we're hoping i suppose for some kind of victory over the covid 19 virus Um, and again thinking about recent events it would be wonderful if as a society we could have victory over racism and all of its evils and things connected to it. Um, next season the big question for any football team is whether they can have victory over Liverpool. Uh, Danny sorry you and I share some pain here today others maybe not care but uh, anyway never mind. Uh, victory is a sweet thing generally speaking so let me ask you Here's your first question for today, which you can unmute or you can put something in the chat box. Um, Would you like to share an example of a personal victory? Okay, passing your flute and tap exams. Well, congratulations. Yes, you played flute for us back at well when we were all meeting together, right? Thank you. Tap exams, flute exams. That's a victory. Think of Leon. Completed a project this week. It's been going on for over three years. But a photography project i i imagine or something like that right a oh, work okay work three years that's a long time that's big that's victory when you're done with that that's excellent what a relief as well i, I imagine
1: do um i did judo and fairly high competitive level um but until you reach age 16 you, you're not allowed to do chokes and arm blocks and I was always second in my province because this is one guy that I could never beat. And for years I planned my day when I turned 16, that when I face him in competition, that I'm going to use a choke to finally conquer him. And that was one of my greatest victories that, that day when I actually, uh, turned 16 and we had a competition, a tournament, uh, the provincial tournament. And I faced him in the finals and i managed to execute my my choke and beat him for the first time in, well, not 16 years, because I started when I was about five. So the first time in 11 years, uh, I actually beat him to get the gold. And uh, for me, that was, uh, in my little world, a famous victory. (laughs)
0: 11 years in the making. I think actually, Stephen, we can hear the, the significance of that coming through your voice there. <laughs> it's clearly very, <laughs> very <nice>. meaningful. <laughs> that was wor- uh, excellent. Thank you. My, yeah, that
1: one was from my acting
0: classes. Great. And, uh, I got
1: this one
0: as well. From Trinity College. Yeah, Fantastic. From, uh, Trinity College in London. Wow. Excellent. Yeah. Frame them, stick them on the wall. Has Elsie got something to show?
1: Uh I got a second overall trophy. Wow. Um This is like a glass
0: medal. Look at that. That's lovely. And then
1: some medals here.
0: That's just, I think, am I right? That's just a few of the extensive collection. Is, is that right? Yeah,
1: this is from one competition.
0: Just one competition. Oh. <laughs> now the rest of us are feeling inadequate. Oh, well. No, congratulations. That's absolutely fantastic. Uh, we got a lot more stuff in the chat box here. Um, Charles says, uh, the victory is that our children are still alive after months of lockdown. Um might I add that it's a victory perhaps that the parents still appear to be moderately sane uh, after um, all these months. And married. Years. And still married. <laughs> Excellent. Just uh, Leia reminded Dawn of the victory she felt when you got the present, your present job. Excellent, yeah. Alice and William learning to ride their bikes. Yes, that's why right. I think I saw that on Facebook. Yeah. yeah, riding the bikes, that's brilliant. Well done Mulligan. Eva being chosen to perform at drama school having the most lines I ever had to perform <clears throat> oh, <clears throat> lots of lines that's tough isn't it all those lines to learn um where are we here simon patricia sewing many things for selling Does that, uh yeah please tell the children where's that brahma where i lost you there tell my children that no chokes and arm locks until 16. Oh, okay if let's see how you well you do it policing that um Oh, yeah. Uh, did, did, did your opponent survive, Stefan? Uh,
1: uh, I don't stop to check. <laughs> 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 uh,
0: that was his that's, problem, that's, right? That's yeah. his problem.
1: No, he surrendered in time.
0: <laughs> good, good. Glad to hear that such a victory when the girls tidied their rooms for the first time without me asking dawn says wow was that just once or is that continue to be a pattern of behavior I, I, oh, okay all right but we'll take that one victory we'll take that one right okay we'll take it penny I managed to delegate some tough gardening jobs yesterday to Lydia Bintesh Malcolm and kettle that which is uh, Lydia's husband's brother and uh, resisted the temptation to do it all myself and suffer the consequences for my back yes we had a great time in Bristol yesterday, gardening with our daughter and husband and uh, doing socially distanced gardening in the sunshine and the rain. And it was great. Uh, Anetta, I felt victorious as a math tutor when two of my students told me they were accepted into university. Fantastic. Mm. Simon, church conference football victories. Yeah, we shared a few of those. And uh, Bill, we used to be called the mad house. Now it's the madder house. Is it's a promotion or some kind, maybe Bill, I don't know simon's had two holes in one on the golf course have you well, that's impressive No, okay actually one more quick thing how does victory feel we've talked about some victories how does it feel exciting yeah thank you don what are the feelings going through your your heart your mind your body really it feels fantastic it does doesn't it relief yes Ben. yeah relief it's relief to get that victory it can be nervous. Yeah, there's some nervous energy, right? That's involved. Yes, Leia, that's quite right. Nervous. Doing that flute exam probably felt quite nervous, but worth it. Annette, feels like dancing. Hey, well, you'll have to give us a demonstration later. A victory dance, maybe. A Romanian victory dance. I wonder what that looks like. Uh, okay, it feels good, doesn't it? victory feels good. All right, we'll see if we put some more in there. Jive dance. I better not do that. I'll dislocate a hip, I think. Um, Okay, two things from the psalm about victory. What does it mean to be victorious as a Christian? What does it mean? Uh, uh, Firstly, it means the victory of survival. Survival is is victory in many different ways. In this psalm, they have greatly oppressed me from my youth greatly oppressed me from my youth they have not gained the victory over me so there's been a long period a long history of oppression for quite some time and yet they've still not been ultimately victorious so part of the uh, life of faith is an ongoing understanding that the struggle ends in victory but in the meantime we're having a struggle life can be difficult for quite a while as a person of faith as a christian And yet uh, the victory at the moment, even though the ultimate victory is in the future, the victory of the moment is survival. I'm going to make it, I'm on this pilgrimage with God. I am not going to stop on this pilgrimage. (coughs) Excuse me, because even though at the moment I am only surviving, I am ultimately going to arrive at a place of victory. And that's the life of faith. see, for Israel, when, when nations right there histories, right? Every nation writes its history. And almost all nations, when they write their history, they write it from the perspective of all the things that they have uh, achieved, uh, of all the victories they have won. And when Israel looks back at its history, it looks back at just saying, well, we survived. We survived. It's a very strong thing in the Jewish um, psyche and mindset. We are survivors. And there's something in that, there are so many survivors in the Bible. Actually, let me ask you for some, some, uh, some uh, um, examples. Who do you think of in the Bible that was a survivor? Moses. Joseph. Joseph. Yeah. Noah. Yeah. Okay. Leah says Moses. Moses comes in uh, there. Daniel. Yeah, Daniel in exile, of course, was a survivor and his, his friends, right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Adam and Eve, yeah, okay. They weren't destroyed. They they went on to produce the family from which we all are blessed. Um, okay, Israel, uh, Israel as a body, as a nation, uh, yeah.
1: Coming out of Egypt,
0: yeah. Jonah, okay. Jonah survived um, survived his being thrown off the boat and being swallowed by the fish. And Esther, yeah. What a vulnerable position she was in. David against Goliath. Okay, David. Yeah. Lazarus. Interesting. That makes sense. Yeah. Paul after the shipwreck. Yeah. What an extraordinary event that was in the latter part of Acts. Noah survived lockdown with his family. Oh, man. Yeah. That must have been quite some lockdown. Uh, I like that. As you go through the scriptures, you'll find person after person. You realize Actually, in some senses, almost all the heroes and heroines of faith were survivors. Maybe Abraham in particular for me, uh, one who was given that promise when he was already really old and yet didn't see the fulfillment for 25 years. There are a lot of different examples. Sometimes survival is our victory, my friends, you and me as Christians. Our victory is survival. We survive great oppression in this psalm. greatly oppressed me from my youth. Not just a little bit of oppression, greatly oppressed me from my youth. Let me give you a, a passage in the New Testament that describes that, I think, really well. To the church in Corinth, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our suffering, so also you share in our comfort. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia we were under great pressure you could say oppression far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired of life itself indeed we felt we had received the sentence of death but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves but on God who raises the dead he's talking there literally and figuratively he has delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us again on him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many can you just feel what paul's been going through here how how much oppression he had been enduring let's have a look at an example of that later on in the book in chapter 11 i have worked much harder been in prison more frequently been flogged more severely and been exposed to death again and again five times i received from the jews the 40 lashes minus one three times i was beaten with rods once i was pelted with stones three times i was shipwrecked i spent a night and a day in the open sea i have been constantly on the move I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches who is weak and I do not feel weak who is led into sin and I do not inwardly burn my word I mean you read that you think poor Paul I mean it just doesn't seem fair that all of that would happen to one person and perhaps sometimes you and I feel like that in our own lives, and we look back over the last few months or years or even decades and say, I mean, thing after thing, event after event, occurrence after occurrence, challenge after challenge, we think, I'm not sure this is fair. And the psalmist is tapping into that when he's tapping into the fact that they have been greatly oppressed. He says, From my youth, and I think there he's thinking about, in terms of youth of Israel's youth, he's thinking about the Uh, escape from Israel he's thinking uh, from Egypt uh, the exodus he's thinking about that because that was the childhood of the Israelite nation Uh, Hosea 11 talks about "I, I called my child out of Egypt so that was when they were young and so he's saying basically since the day we left Egypt we've been oppressed and sometimes it feels like that as we look back over our life and it doesn't seem kind of fair and I think what one of the things that tells me and perhaps it tells all of us is if life is like this and it it kind of is and kind of always has been whether you're a Christian or not in a way it reminds us that we really need God on this journey because this is tough life is challenging and if we don't have God with us on this oppressive in this oppressive situations of life we're really up the creek and so we need God and I would just say I know most of the children that are with us today you're very young and maybe you haven't had a lot of big challenges in life yet although you'll have had some this might be a point just for even for our younger children to to, to think about that you also need God on your journey through life even though you're young because challenges in life difficult things happen even from when we are very young and and you'll know that if you go to school You'll know that sometimes your teachers don't always treat you fairly. I mean, I know the teachers here today on this church service always treat the children they teach completely fairly all the time. But there are some teachers who occasionally don't treat you right. They misunderstand you. They accuse you of things you haven't done. Or you've got friends at school who turn out to be not quite as good friends as you thought, because they gossip, they tell bad, say bad things about you behind your back, or they, or you just fall out with them, or perhaps they even get physical. Right? Sometimes happens at school. Someone gives you a punch, or trips you up, kicks you. I mean, you know, this kind of stuff happens. Sometimes, even parents aren't quite perfect. Um, um, I don't, I, I, maybe you haven't noticed that yet. Uh, so I don't want to, uh, to cause problems, but uh, you may have noticed that it, 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 even, it So it's just in life, kids, you've already got some challenges. You've already got some tough things, right? Um, they're gonna get tougher. And that doesn't mean you shouldn't look forward to life. It means that the only only way to look forward to life with real optimism and hope is to look forward to life with God. And if you're going to go through life with God, that's better. Then this is now a good time when you're a kid, when you're young. This is a good time to start getting to know God, praying to him, talking to him when you're going through your day, reading the Bibles, whatever you've got, talking about God with your mom and dad, with other people in church or friends. This is a great time. Start with God now and take him with you through the whole of life and the t- challenging times. You'll, you'll get through it. Okay. You will just like paul did just like jesus did and just like the nation of israel did so as christians a lot of our victory is survival is getting through it with god surviving and still standing like in this psalm another scripture that might be useful is philippians let's turn over there philippians 3 verse 12 paul again he says i not that i have already obtained all this One of the ways we know we're going through life with God is that we keep moving forward. Surviving may be, but we keep moving forward towards something good. And that requires patience. And then just a quick word on patience before we move on to my second and last point. Israel had to learn to be patient. The heroes of faith had to learn to be patient. Noah had to be patient before the ark, during the ark. Abraham had to be patient waiting for the son of the promise. Joseph had to, be wait, wait, had to be patient, waiting for his dreams to be realized. The prophets had to be patient. Jesus had to be patient. Paul had, to, I mean, patience is a big, big, uh, helpful, important spiritual quality. And indeed the spirit helps us with that. Um, I'll give you a quote here from a book on these Psalms that I've I read as background by Eugene Peterson, who also did the, the message translation. He said this about patience. Patience has a positive tonic effect on others because of the presence of the patient person. They revive and go on as if they were the gyroscope of the ship providing a stable ground. But the patient person themselves does not enjoy it. And that's so true. I don't like being patient, but I like being around patient people. Because patient people give solidity and stability to my life and my faith. People that are patiently faithful or faithfully patient help me with my my willingness to, to endure and to suffer and yet to hold on and to believe that this is the victory of survival whilst going through all the tough stuff. And so the thing is, though, being the patient person is not particularly enjoyable. But this is why we need the strength of God to be patient while God does his work in us. So what is... Victory for a Christian, at least one aspect of victory for a Christian is the uh, victory for a Christian means surviving and learning, growing and maturing in the process of that survival. Now, going back to our psalm. Part of victory is survival, but the other part is freedom. In Psalm 129, he says in verse 3, Ploughmen have ploughed my back, made their furrows long. That's unimaginably painful. But the Lord is righteous. He has cut me free from the cords of the wicked. So victory here is freedom. Cutting the cords. And it's because of God's righteousness that we have that freedom. Uh, righteousness here, it's an interesting word, righteousness, and we haven't got time to do a whole long study in it now. But basically, I'm using righteousness here in the biblical sense, that it means of God putting things right. So this is not saying God is holy, although he is. It's not saying that he is pure, although he is. But when it talks about God being righteous, what it's saying is God is being just. God is putting unjust things just. He is putting wrong things right. He is uh, uh, instead taking things that are... Uh, are damaged and repairing them, and so in this context, what he's saying is, um, God saw that we were trapped, God saw that we were, um, in cords, we were trapped, and we were being plowed in this sense. And what God did is, He said, This cannot be because I love these people and I am going to free them and I'm going to put this wrong right. And we are so lucky to follow a God who is so passionate and active in putting wrong things right in our lives and in the world around us as we bring the kingdom to this earth, putting wrong things right and so the freedom is our victory victory is freedom our freedom from the things that hold us back the freedom from the things that trap us and of course biblically classically and primarily that's about sin what the Bible calls sin. What the Bible calls the sin is the things that enslave us and entrap us and prevent us from growing into Christ-likeness and all that we can be, all that we've been designed to be, the way that God made us. The fellowship we're meant to have with one another. The, the the glorious fellowship that we're meant to have with him, with our eternal father, which means that we share in all of his joy and share in all of his peace and we bring healing to other people. This is why this is why we have victory. He set us free for something more wonderful than anything this world has to offer Uh, outside of that freedom so we have freedom from painful plowing here we have no longer the need to suffer from say our own sin or the sin of other people in the sense that it holds us down and instead we are given freedom so that we can help other people so Galatians chapter 6 let's turn there for this one but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh so freedom is freedom is an opportunity to serve rather serve one another humbly in love the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command love your neighbor as yourself if you bite and devour each other watch out or you'll be destroyed by each other that's a that's he's writing to christians he's saying it basically why would he write this unless they were biting and devouring so he's really saying stop biting and devouring each other so i don't know exactly what that looked like um but it was pretty nasty and that was in his church this is not don't do that you'll be you'll destroy each other instead love each other so i say verse 16 walk by the spirit you'll not gratify the desires of the flesh it's not so much you should not gratify the desires of the flesh It's that if you walk by the spirit that won't seem attractive anymore why would why would you want to do that the flesh desires what's contrary to the spirit the spirit what is contrary to the flesh they're in conflict so that you are not to do whatever you want but if you're led by the spirit you're not under law you've got a better way to live the acts of the sinful, of the flesh are obvious. Immorality, impurity, debauchery, uh, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. Are, you won't, won't inherit the kingdom of God in this way, but it's the fruit of the spirit. That's love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, patience is kind of mixed in there, isn't it? Again, such things, there's no law. Those who belong to Jesus Christ had crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So we live by the Spirit. We've been set free for this new life. So let's keep in step with the Spirit, not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. And then verse 1 of chapter 6, brothers and sisters, and let's think about this as a Watford congregation and as people of faith, what this means to us. If someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves. Or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something, when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else, for each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the Word should share all good things with their instructor. We are meant to take responsibility for our own lives, but then also take responsibility for doing what we can to help other people. This is what our freedom is useful for. If freedom is a tool, it's a tool to help others with their burdens. We have been set free from our burdens. Let's help each other. We have burdens. We have burdens of sin that we are struggling to deal with. We have burdens of financial pressures. We have burdens of what's happening with COVID and uh, our job situation, security, insecurity, where our children are with their education or their lack of social interaction with friends. Uh, We have burdens of, um, and for some of us, younger children or older parents and grandparents and sick, ill people we know or vulnerable people we know. I mean, the list list goes on, right? And we have emotional burdens of isolation and mental health issues sometimes. And, you know, uh, it could be uh, quite a long list. So we have, we have plenty of challenges which are opportunities for us to help each other with maybe i have a problem you could help me with maybe you have a challenge that i could help you with but we need to communicate about those and i want to urge and encourage myself because i'm not the brilliant best communicator at times and all of us to be sharing each other's our burdens with each other so that we can find this kind of help that we we need and we can provide because we've been set free by the spirit to use the the, the fruit of the spirit to help each other to not only survive but to revel in and rejoice in the victory of freedom this is what we have what an amazing what an amazing joy it is to have this so what is victory for a Christian at least one aspect is that victory for a Christian means enjoying our freedom and using it to help other people so let's wrap up and then we'll take communion together victory for a Christian. You know, back in the psalm, which we won't look at uh, this section in detail, but it is interesting that the second half of the psalm, having talked about the victory of of survival and the victory of being set free, he then says, (laughs) may all who hate Zion be turned back in shame. Strong word. Like grass on the roof that withers before it can grow. Can't fill your hands with it if you're a reaper. By those who pass by not say, the blessing of the Lord be on you. Doesn't this sound a bit mean? I mean, I think it kind of sounds a bit mean, really. And yet, this is in the Bible. Now, I think what we might say is, his the writer's honesty is admirable, if not necessarily the sentiments. We don't know that God would approve of this statement, and we need to bear that in mind. That sometimes it's just people being real and honest. And what's going on here is that the, the grass on the roof and the hot climate, of course, would not grow and it would wither. And there's something there about about the impermanence of those who oppose people of faith. There's nothing permanent about Satan. <coughs> Excuse me. There's nothing permanent about evil. It's all temporary. I mean, think about the time that this was written and the times after it. The, the Philistines are gone. The Assyrians are gone. Egypt is gone. The Babylonians are gone. The Greek Greek oppression of Israel or the Palestine of that time uh, is gone. The, the emperor, our empire of Rome is gone. All gone. And even for us as Christians, you know, the people who have opposed us in the past, the, the regimes of, of, of many centuries ago that uh, try to wipe out Christendom uh, in more re- recent times, communism has not prevailed over Christianity. <coughs> Excuse me. Prominent atheists that trouble us in our faith have gone. And will go. And not to say that I want to be vindictive about that, it's just that it's all temporary. It's all temporary. God's victory is permanent and lasting. And that's the victory in which we share. We share in a lasting and permanent victory. And that's the point. Let's finish in First Corinthians fifteen. First Corinthians fifteen. The reason we have hope, the reason a Christian is the most optimistic person in the world you may not always feel it but we can be objectively the most optimistic people in the world whether you're naturally an optimist or a pessimist is not the point you 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 are called to be at least optimistic in this sense the reason we're optimistic is because no matter what's around us the mess the 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 chaos the, the problems around us and in our own lives from time to time no matter that we survive we survive because God is with us and no matter what's going on we live in hope because we know there is ultimate victory because we've already been set free and we're destined for an even greater freedom in eternity which is wonderful satan has already been defeated he just kind of doesn't know it yet or is fighting his losing battle but he's defeated because the grave is already empty first corinthians 15 and verse 54 is the law. But thanks be to God. He gives us. He gives you. He gives me. He gives Stefan. He gives Lissy. He gives Oge. He gives Dawn. He gives Joe. He gives Liesel. He gives Barry. He gives Aneta. He gives Elsie the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why we stand firm. That's why we won't let anything move us. And that's why we give ourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because we know our labor in the Lord. It's not in vain. We have that victory. And that's one of the reasons we take bread and wine each week. We take the bread and the wine, at least in part, to remind us of the victory, what what the victory cost, the body and blood of Jesus, but also the fact that The grave is empty and Satan has been defeated, utterly defeated. He has been shamed. He is empty. He is lonely. We have Christ. Death has been emptied of its power. Sin has been emptied of its power. We are victorious as we survive in Christ and as we live out our freedom in Christ because of what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. So please pray with me and then let's take communion together.